Hello and welcome to the How Long to Beat podcast. Once again, I had to resist the urge not to say it. What's it? You're never going to know. I'm Rick. I'm joined by Alex and Paula. We've got a jam-packed episode for you this week. We're, uh, as always, going to talk about what we've beaten, retired and played. There's some interesting stuff in there, let me tell you. Um, And then we're going to cooperate on this week's topic. Said topic being co-op games. It's It's pretty good, actually. I I, I didn't mind it. It was on the money. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I'll take that. Um, I will also take no points in this week's edition of How Long long to Beat the the Game, game. which I A, fucked up and B, am hosting. So there you go. Um, (laughs) Cool. Let's just jump straight into it and just get me away from whatever this intro was. It's not even my first crack. I can't even say that. We stopped and restarted. Alex, you and I played What Lies in the Multiverse. Yes. And we've beaten it. We did. And um, <laughs> for anyone who's listening, next week we're going to be... Wow. Next week when you listen, two days time at time of recording, uh, we're going to be speaking again to the lovely guys from Studio Voyager about uh, that game, spoilers, all those things. Um, oh yeah, we're going to be huge. We, we're going to talk the whole game, mechanics, everything, get a look into it. I think it should be pretty fun. Oh, it will be. And we're going to be very kind to them because they're friends of ours. They're specifically friends of Paola's. And uh, there's a lot to like in their, in their um, what's it? It's not sophomore, is it? Effort. Freshman effort. Fresh, yeah, first game. First <laughs> game, yeah. Let's just yeah. say that. The, the first game, what they did make, yeah. it's going it, to, you know, for a first attempt, it's really, really good. They've been done dirty by whoever did that translation. Yeah. And I, I, I just want to vent now because I don't want to do that to them because they have no involvement in that translation. Like, I don't speak Spanish. I'm sure the original script was lovely. But God, it, I would genuinely believe that it was a Google Translate job. And yeah. um, the, the impression I get is that there are professional reviewers who've been less kind than me about that translation and it's a shame because the game is very story focused you can tell that even when you can't really tell what it's trying to say with the story in that english translation um even with that there are moments of humor that crack through um and that probably helps because any of you that listen regularly you know that alex and i aren't really puzzle platforming boys um (laughs) no not really And, and it is with that in mind that it should be recognized that when this game works it sings there are some lovely there are some lovely puzzles making use of that multiverse mechanic, uh, that criminally underused multiverse mechanic, and that is something that I expect that we'll um, get into a bit more with the with the guys later in the week. Um, it's a pretty overall. Quick game I like too. Yeah, it's like yeah. five five and a half hours. I was just gonna say I liked it. I didn't love it, um, but yeah, jumping in. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I I found the gameplay to be really fun. Like, that's the thing, like, especially when we was doing the multiverse, like switching, that was the moment where and it's interesting, because like you said, there are a fair number of times and I really want to pick their brains on um, kind of why there are moments where it's not used as much. Um, and, and part of me wonders if that's like a pacing thing or if that's part of like the story focus, which is, again, like, like you said, so. that that is part of what makes me a little sad that I feel like we couldn't get the full experience um, mm. because of the translation. Um, but again, well, there's the life of being an indie developer. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess we're just lucky we got an English translation in general. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, but the actual like gameplay itself is really fun. And it's one of those things where like, like I said, it's a quick game, which is a mercy in a puzzle platformer for me, at least, because I find I, if a game gets mm-hmm. too long, it's also like 
it's that question of like how far do you stretch your mechanic and so this is the maybe the question i'll have to ask them too is like okay so do you remove segments that don't use the mechanic and then you have a game that's very very short which i probably would have still loved anyway um or do you you know do you push them out have more of those moments without them um yeah because in general it seems to me like that multiverse switching mechanic takes a fair bit of brain <laughs> twisting to figure out how you're designing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, cause it's, again, you've got like the, the dual layered, which we talked with them a little bit about beforehand. Um, hmm. And so I think what, maybe what I was missing is like, I would have liked a little more. Um, and they do this a little bit. Like there's one chapter that I was really like, I was like, Haha, here we go. Where the mechanics, like multiple universe mechanics started to mix with each other. Um, I know the bit you mean, and I enjoyed it a lot also. Yeah, I was like, there, here we go, you know, and I wanted more of that. Like, I was I was honestly hoping, and look, I don't know, I'm not a game developer, so my, my dreams and hopes may be unfeasible, but I was kind of hoping there might be a time where, like, I could flip through all the universes, um, or, you know, more than just two. Um, I was like, oh, please, please, let me do it, let me do it, let me do it. But I also recognize that that might have been unwieldy. Like, I don't know if there's, again... Thank God we get to talk to them. They they might have play tested and stuff and figured that more than that just becomes like even for the Missy. player kind of like ah I can't figure it out. You know what I mean? Because you've got too much mm. to go through. Because that I understand. Um, but anyway, I guess I just have a lot of questions that I can't wait to ask. Because <laughs> I'm like, we should say as well, you are technically a developer. Like you've got that little project in the background. Oh my God. Okay. Yes, I have a little project <laughs> in the background. But like, I'm. I, I'm not someone who's planning on legitimately, like, you know, <laughs> publishing a game kind of deal, right? Like it will it, someday we'll have it put out for people to play, but we're talking to each other. <laughs> Audi- audience at home, he's Norman Osborne, and I'm I'm something of a game developer myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, more I'm more on the artist side though. Like, let's be real here too. Like, with uh, in my development partnership. I create the art and he makes the code. So, I'm a producer, (laughs) put it that way. (laughs) I know, Pally, you finished it as well. Like, what do you, what do you, what what is your rebuttal for us? I mean, lately, um, yeah, the world switching was a little bit like underused, but I also understand in a way, like, why they took it away, like, where, when they did. So I feel like there might be a little bit of a pacing issue near the, I think it was near the end. Mm. I'm going to say where you're collecting like all those notes. The key, oh, the notes. Yeah. Yeah. In the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's all I'll, I'm going to refer to as that section yeah. of the game, but still I have a lovely, a lovely time with the game virtually maybe, well i did get like many breaks i be well playing so maybe some of the issues weren't like as played unto me as they were to 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 you guys because you you played the game like you buy up from the game i don't know how you did that mm. i and... you know i've got a secret it's being very very ill and having a couple of days off work <laughs> it's for any of you at home who are thinking rick sounds a little bit more nasally than usual that's why sorry crack on yeah, so maybe I didn't notice like uh those issues as much because my play my game stations were a little bit more like spread out. Few far between, like mm-hmm. or far between 
more than a few. There were a lot. Um, but yeah, like, and as I said, my my brain kind of patches when there's um any like translation issues because I played like some games with horrendous <laughs> localizations before. Like you've been desensitized for sure. So I've been yeah, I've been desensitized <laughs> to it. So we we also so yeah, that's <laughs> Otto uh... made me accept this. <laughs> So well, like I I didn't notice as much, but like looking back, so it was like, oh yeah, this actually could have made like more sense if said on this way. Yeah, and I think we sort of mentioned this too. Like you know, Rick and I are native English speakers, and like the translation was clearly done. But because I remember we looked in the credits, and it was like there was one person um, who seems to be like a native Spanish speaker, and so hmm. we imagine that for you, it's actually probably reads kind of fine because like you know, it's like. English second language kind of writing from a Spanish perspective. So if Spanish is your first language, you might not notice a whole lot, you know, like it might, yeah. Yeah, it might I, be kind of fine. I swear I didn't notice, but like looking back, it was like, oh yeah, you're actually kind of right. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and for anyone who's listening to this, like don't let this discourage, don't let this be the thing that discourages you from playing it. Because again, like at its core, there's some really solid moments of gameplay in here. Yeah. Um, it, it's more like, it's so close to being right. It's so obviously wrong, like an uncanny valley thing. Like, um, yeah, and it's and the... it it did distract us. Your mileage may vary with that. Um, I wouldn't say it was game breaking. So if if everything sounds good and you're thinking, oh, actually, but that's going to be the thing. Don't let that be the sole thing. Yeah, because I was yeah, going to say like in like... English. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Paula. Like the the overall package of the game, I think is totally worth worth your time. Yeah. Uh, and there are like some very good moments, as Lyric says, when the game goes smoothly, it pretty much sinks and it is beautiful. It's at its absolute strongest in its gameplay, which really, I'm hoping that's why you're coming to a game. <laughs> you know, like, uh, like for me, I can forgive. I think we've talked about this before. I can forgive some story stuff if the game itself is fun right hmm. um yeah it's a little harder for me the other way around <laughs> yeah oh um, also um the let the pixel art and the animation speak for themselves because they also the got nominated award-winning award-nominated pixel art <laughs> yeah. yep the award-nominated pixel art <laughs> sorry i just had to say that because i'm so proud of them <laughs> Yeah, it is very beautiful. Like, that's one thing I never had any complaint with. I was like, you're pretty. Um, and yeah, the pixel art's really, it's just really lovely. One thing I was going to say, oh yeah, about the, if English isn't your first language and you're playing it through in English, you might not notice anything. So Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's actually something interesting that I do want to talk about some other time too. When it comes to, because there's a book I'm reading anyway that has similar-ish issues where it's like, it's the syntax. Like sometimes it's just the the phrasing, the way something's phrased that um, if you're a native English speaker, it just trips you up. Right. And like, that's yeah. what it was. It was like, I'm expecting this form, but then I get a different one. And that's what stops me where I go like, and, and it's literally just, it's like a mental stoppage. Right. Um, which again, if you're not a native English speaker, you might not actually feel that stoppage. You're probably just looking through it going like, okay, whatever. Got it. And you head on, you know? So anyway, that's enough on that. Uh, Multiverse was very uh, was very fun overall, though. And stay tuned because next week, 
We're going to have a nice little interview with those fellas, and you'll get to hear all mm-hmm. about the game, the development, and what a unique opportunity for us, right? Um, so thanks to those two for coming on again. Rick, why don't you tell yeah, us? Yeah, also, uh, I really want to let us play their cast to happen because I have to talk about so many references that, that I found. <laughs> this is a part of the beauty, too. So it's fun that we get to interview them with Paola as well, who, like, actually, you know, you know them. So there's that nice kind of connection there. And then Rick and I are kind of this total outside eye of just like, hi, we played your game. (laughs) 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 Which I hope will make for a nice dynamic. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be pretty fun. So, uh, yeah, I will jump in quickly. And because I've only got one more completion from this week. And we've done it the wrong way around because I did barrel through the last half of this game to free up my Switch to play Multiverse. (laughs) Uh, This game being Astral Chain. Oh, it's one of those eights that should have been a 10. And it's so deeply frustrating. So uh, the combat is phenomenal. It's unlike anything I've played. And I think if you're someone who owns a Switch, you should play it on that strength alone because it's unlike anything anywhere, character action or otherwise. It really is an elegant system that's well pitched over the course of the 20 hours or so it takes to main main plus ish the game um there are so many options it really does use to the fullest this new system that it's built up um and as i alluded to last week the um the inputs for that system could have gotten very messy and very bad really really easily and it's a credit to platinum and all the experience that they've got with this kind of game that they found a way to make it work so seamlessly um, I should say with that, I did change the control scheme to one of the alternate presets. Um, it did lead to a couple of slightly awkward button combos, um, one of which being like each of your um, companion characters have two bonus um, abilities that you use on the left and right bumpers uh, when you hold down their button. Now on the regular controls, that button is like Y or X. Um, the preset I switched to, you ha- you essentially have to hold left trigger and then sometimes press left bumper as well, so you end up with a bit of a claw thing going on. That's on me. That's because I wanted different buttons in different places. But I think overall, it's absolutely fine. Works a treat. Everything feels fluid. Um, the counters are all strong. The game is really, really stodgy. And it, in a slightly different way, I suppose, to the multiverse, it, it doesn't give you enough of the fun. Um, in this instance, it's platinum deciding that actually instead of a really focused character action experience what you want is a quasi open world where you're like gyroscopically carrying cardboard boxes and ice creams and you're picking up trash and putting it in trash cans and like doing random things for civilians in between parts of missions and like yeah you can run past it but a you're going to be super underleveled b it's going to impact the scoring system that this game's got and c if you're anything like me seeing all those markers on the mini map that you're just running by and ignoring, it just gnaws away at a little part of you. <laughs> so it it's tricky. The story is okay. It has its pros, it has its cons. It's not why you're here, but it does a reasonable enough job of giving you a reason to plug through and justifying all the different things that you do. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned last week, there's a whole custom Robo-style minigame that's almost pointless where you have to clean off your companions. There's lots of little systems like that that are superfluous or pointless or almost pointless to the point that you think that they should have just been trimmed or excised. And 
it just gets to the point where you're like, right, I just want to fight some more enemies now. Mm. Peak platinum for me was always Vanquish. Four hours. Pitch perfect. Not a moment of fat on that stake. And that that's, I suppose, what I wanted from Astral Chain. I either wanted it to commit to the open world and give me something different and, and see them stretch their legs and do what they've threatened to do, you know, from time to time in some of the other games. Or give me, you know, a, a really tight 10 hours. Don't make me do like a, a 10 minute on rails bike sequence that barely functions. Don't make me clean my robot. Don't make me run around the police precinct in like a, a mascot costume. Just give me the combat. And in that middle ground, you know, some of that side content is good. Some of it's great even, but most of it's just a waste of time. Mm. And it is just a, a detraction from what is otherwise a phenomenal game and an achievement really in, in many, many ways. Doubly so fitting on that hardware. The game looks incredible. So yeah. Play it, yeah. but it's do on your my best switch. to skip the fact. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Oh sorry, I was gonna say it's on my switch to play, but I've always been a little because I'm like all the stuff that I hear, I'm like, oh it sounds so good, but then like just so like yeah, so anyway, I'm gonna play it one day, but it's it's kinda you have it to. keeps going a little you have to. I have to go- yeah. I have to continue my playthrough of that one because I play like around two hours and oh my god, yeah, the combat is beautiful, phenomenal. And you know what? The, the combat really hits its stride around the four or five hour mark when you get the full suite of abilities. As I say, they do really pace what they give you well. And I think they have to because there is almost a rub your belly, pat your back situation. Mm. Pat your back, pat your tummy. Yeah. No, rub your belly, pat your head. <laughs> Sick. It's there difficult, like saying this, this episode, <laughs> rub your belly, pat your back. Um, there is a learning curve to moving both of them in space. And also, it's not like other systems that might be similar, where you might be controlling one character directly and then maybe just issuing one-off commands to the other. You have to be constantly aware of where they both are in space at any given time. You have a stamina meter for your other character. You have to bear in mind the chain between the two of you. If certain abilities take advantage of that, uh, certain things can be hampered by that. There are certain enemies where you have to be acutely aware of what that chain is saying. Um, and there's like two or three different layers of abilities and combo sets that are all slightly applicable in slightly different ways. So there's a lot of information to process and juggle at any one time. And I think it's good that they do pace it in. It does mean, again, in combination with all this guff that the game is a little bit slow to go. Um, absolutely worth going back to Paola, absolutely worth playing Alex it's just worth it's worth knowing going in that the game's at least 8 hours longer than it needed to be Ooh, yeah. and that that is eternally annoying because the 12 hours plus that's there so worth experiencing mm. might be a game it's I just annoying. playing and retiring eventually <laughs> uh, yeah, retiring and swearing you're going to come back to one day yeah which, I mean, because really, I just want to experience it. So if, if I can get through all the really fun shit and then be like, I think I'm good. I'll figure it out. And that's totally valid. And I'll be honest, there are moments when I thought about doing exactly the same, particularly in a final boss that is balls to the wall hard and also to a certain extent <laughs> makes you play the game a different way to the way you play almost the rest of the game. Oh, I but I actually you. overall, but I actually do think it was a good boss fight once I'd fought through it because I, I think actually it does make you use parts of your arsenal that you wouldn't ordinarily. Um, it makes you play a bit more cautiously, which a lot of the rest of the game allows you to not do. Um, another negative to throw out there, the platforming is kind of dog shit. But again, this is 
eight that should have been a 10, you end up focusing on the bits that dragged it down to an eight, not all the bits that could have made it a 10. The game is amazing. The game is amazing. There's just a lot of not amazing stuck to the amazing. Sick analogy. Paolo, tell us about Timberwolves. Sort of a theme for that. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that could have been like a, an idea title. I, I think I'm, I'm, t- I'm Timber done with this. Paolo, please jump in. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so I kind of like finished Timberport. Like game is like in early access, but the from what I gather in how long to read, like people said like, yeah, it's finished when, once you... Um, you finish like all the stuff with the uh folktales that are like one of the 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 first faction you can play as. So I did that. I even tried to start like the second run with the Iron Tooth, that is like the second faction of the game. But it isn't the folktales. <laughs> like the the mechanics of the second faction are like so vastly different. Like mm. in in very specific ways that make you almost like have you have to plan your your city structure in a whole other way to what I was already used to. So I was like, you know what? I'm good. Like I'm leaving this playthrough here um with the folktales because I had a lot of fun and I have my fun with the game and I'll go back to it maybe when the game is in for in gets a full release. But right now, I'm done with this game. And yeah, that's Team Report. I still think people should play this because I've, I've played a lot of like strategy slash RTS slash like city building stuff. And there's nothing like this. There's nothing else like this. So yeah, it is like very mechanically tight. Like things like the throughout comes like at very regular intervals and it makes the game more challenging as you go on but once you get to that point where your beavers have transcended the humanity and the world and everything the game just gets just stays there like the throws don't matter anymore so that's like the only drawback that I have there's nothing but the drugs to hold you back in your beaver city building process. So yeah, Alex. I got a whole bunch. <laughs> uh, I see. Yeah, so I got, okay. EB Games or GameStop here now, whatever. They're like so desperate to get you to trade in games for them because you could tell that's how they make their money. Uh, that they were running like a really damn good trading deal where it was like, I don't know, seven like PS4 titles even and like um, Xbox titles or whatever. And you would get like this big bonus. And so I brought in, I had a bunch of these PS4 titles that like, honestly, I own on my Xbox now. <laughs> so I was like, I was kind of like, I don't need these damn games. Um, so I brought them in and they, I thought they were just kind of old and like not worth a whole lot. These, these dudes gave me like $120 for all of them. And I was like, um... Yes, I will trade those in. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. <laughs> I can't sell these for $5 on Kijiji. Go ahead, right? I was like, damn, I guess, you know, and, and I get, it's kind of like this whole, you know, they've got the system where like casual players, parents will come in and buy things. So they'll pay more, right? But like in the yeah. used game market, motherfuckers aren't paying a whole lot for old games, right? They're like, no thanks. Um, so anyway, I did that and I got WarioWare and the new Kirby for free um and so i beat warioware get it together it takes like 
I beat it in a sitting, right? It takes like two and a half hours, basically. That's every WarioWare game. Yeah, yes. you play the thing once and you're through. Um, I, I, uh, this one's interesting. Like, Ooh. nothing is going to beat touched and uh, smooth moves for me. Those ones are always going to be yeah. the best just because maybe even twisted a little bit because that was super fun. Oh, around. <laughs> um, but I always, I, I just, I love the gimmicks with WarioWare games because, you know, you basically just get developers who get to be like, okay, look, I don't want to make a whole damn game around this Wiimote, but I can sure make some fun shit based on it. And, you know, you've got the Joy-Cons, and I I feel like I can hear the board meeting or whatever where this game was pitched, and they're like, oh my god, Joy-Cons, we could do this, we could do that, and they're like, yeah, but we got the Switch Lite. And someone was like, they could just pair a Joy-Con and... Mm, yeah but yeah no. you're like yeah. what do you mean no and they're like you're gonna have to make it different you're gonna have to make it so they can play it on the switch light and they're like oh fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so uh they i feel like they were ham like really hammed in on this one and so instead they've got this concept where and this is kind of neat so you get to play as all of the characters from these warioware games and they all have different mechanics to them and there's also this that, yeah. kind of co-op emphasis because some of the characters really have a co-op thing in it too. And I haven't played a co-op and maybe it's fun co-op. I don't know. Um, the thing is, some of the characters, you're, you're just, you're, you're not going to play as them because it's kind of shit. Because like, there's one who can't fucking move. He sits on the ground and you have to like launch a fucking disc that will then move you. And that's so much harder than other characters who can fucking move around. So you're never going to play as that guy because you don't have to. Like, you play as him once to unlock him, and then you're like, no, why would I do that? This is a game about quick reactions. Why would I play as the guy who can't fucking move? Um, And can you use them all for all the puzzles? Or is it, like, uh, specific ones? Because I envisage this Tribunal problem where you have to plan it so openly that it ceases to be a challenge sort of thing. So what it seems like is that I think, and I, I can't, I can't, I can't say for certain, but what I, uh, I feel like each character, um, they've created like twenty five or so mini games that work for that character, and those those levels overlap. But every single level is designed to work for that character, right? Gotcha. So, but there are some levels that I think they just know that, like, okay, this mechanic just won't work here. So I imagine it was quite the design to do this. Like I imagine it was like a pretty big, Oh shit. We got these 20 characters. And so I feel like they basically grouped them. They're like, okay, these characters have similar ish mechanics. They could do this. And so that's kind of how it's done. Um, Hmm. which is very, it's very unique and intriguing. It's, it's fun to play through once. Um, I didn't really mess around with the other modes because I was like, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really, it's WarioWare. I like to just go in and play the video games and have fun. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I might yeah. come back to it so I can get more of the games that I haven't uh, unlocked yet, but I've yet to kind of find a, um, I don't really think there's like an infinite one, which kind of sucks. Cause like, there's always like the boss and then I think it sort of ends, but maybe when you replay it, maybe the boss fights get harder. Cause I know they usually do that in WarioWare, but I haven't checked yet. So I'm not sure. Um, it's fun. I can see why it was released at a budget price. Um, which isn't that much of a budget price, like 65 or something like that, but it's like more budget price. I got it, like I said, free played, so whatever. <laughs> uh, I can't really complain. Um, it's definitely a game that I think, and it certainly will go on sale. I have zero doubts in my mind it will go on sale. I think it's been on sale already before. 
worth picking up uh, on sale. It is WarioWare. It's stupid, which is why it's fun. So like, I think playing it with some friends might be a good time. Um, but it's definitely not like, it's not the best. It's, it's all right. You know, um, seven out of 10. That's what I'll say. <laughs> good. Six or seven, maybe 6.5. It's all right. Um, so anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, I also played the hex, uh, another Daniel Mullins great game. game. It's a great game. Yeah. Fun, cool game. I genuinely enjoyed the uh, the Fallout-inspired segment. I was like, what I love is like he always has some level to it. Like in the Fallout one, you get cheats that you can implement, and then you have to decide how many cheats you use as you're going through. And I'm like, that's just smart. And I really liked the little the faux programming bit uh, in the game as well. There's like this sort of section where you do some faux programming, and uh, I actually found that really fun. I was like, oh, this is a neat little puzzle to do in here. Some elements drag on a little more than necessary like the chandrel bit there's like this fantasy game thing that i found a little like i was like okie dokie let's move along here um i found that with pony island as well though i think for all that mullins does it's really good i think he does maybe need to edit a little bit better which i have to say oh my god i okay playing the hex and then playing inscription inscription is like a masterpiece frankly it is so good there is no fat in that game at all but Good. also, it's probably because I fucking love card roguelike battlers so much that I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, but personally, I think Inscription is easily his best work. Um, not not to discount the other works. It's just, it's it's like we talked about with Risk of Rain, right? Where it's like Risk of Rain 2 is so good that Risk of Rain is it's fine, but you got Risk of Rain 2. Just by sheer comparison, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the same with this. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I, I do think playing Inscription first is probably maybe the good way of doing it. Um, I don't know. But either way, I had fun with it. I thought it was nice. It was a cool narrative. It didn't overstay its welcome. You know, it felt like it was like the right amount of time. Like you said, though, could use a little bit of editing. Um, But uh, cool ideas and just really feels like something that can only be made now that video games have been around for so long. Right. Like it's Hmm. and and that's why. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's referential, but not in that like not in the member berries way, you know, like in an interesting way where you're like, oh, like you're not trying to be realistic about what games really like. You're creating a fantastical world of video games. And um, the best, you know, honestly, like, and this is sort of, it might sound like, you know, like I'm putting that the game, but it's very childlike in the sense that it like gives you that sense of imagination a little bit in it. Like there's this feeling of like, um, yeah, maybe that's better. It's more, it's very imaginative. Um, in a really fun way and it's very sincere which this is something that i i actually think is kind of tough with these games in that um it doesn't like it actually takes itself seriously which is i have to say like kind of refreshing because i think there is a level of in western media too there's a level of snark that we get a lot and like think of even like marvel movies or mcu right a lot of it is making fun of itself right and or being this thing where it's like, hey, you know, like that thing that movies do <laughs> or like the Ryan Reynolds effect. Right. Like this is silly, you know, like that kind of thing, which is fine. As like, they I, don't just do it. Yeah, sure, yeah sure, sure. I enjoy that a lot, too. But this is one where it's like, no, actually, I'm going to tell this story that is kind of silly, honestly, but like I'm going to play it pretty straight. And I respect that, you know, <laughs> like I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice and refreshing. Like. 
yeah, at times some things are like a little corny, but you're like, I appreciate that they actually do that to tell the story and that he does that. Mm-hmm. He actually like commits to it, you know? Um, anyway, that's just uh, what I thought of the hacks. I feel like people should give it, should really play it because I think it's, it's a really fun experience and it's usually very cheap. So go to town. Um, what else did I play? Uh, triangle strategy, beat it. Okay. So last week, actually I commented on a game that has bad voice acting and then I never talked about it. <laughs> That's this game. Um, and, and let me give a caveat here. It's not the voice actor's fault, okay? The individual voice actors, they're actually doing an admirable job. There's a few issues. And first off, um, <sighs> the writing is something. <laughs> talk about actually, talk about a week on translations. So, uh, it's kind hang on, of. Like... Hang on. Are you going to tell me that a game called Project Triangle Strategy doesn't have the best writing? <laughs> I don't buy it, not for a second. And then, so here's the issue: the story is actually fantastic. Like the story is very good and compelling. The characters are interesting. It's just that the writing itself is a bit stilted because they've gone for this um, medieval esque uh, old English type narrative, which I am certain that the Japanese is using the more um, formal Japanese and the more kind of archaic Japanese. And I bet you it's fantastic. Um, I think what we have here is a case of localizers going, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, like, oh God, how do I translate this into something that's compelling and understandable in English? And they did a pretty good job overall. Um, because when you just read it, it's kind of fine. It's actually pretty good. But then when you hear people saying it, what they've done is, so you have two issues, right? First issue is it's pixel art. And so there's no faces, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, they're just little sprites kind of doing little emotional things. But there's, no, like, it doesn't look like they're talking. So there's already that disconnect. There's a reason why I think older games, when it's pixel art, benefit from not having voice acting. And I think it's in part mm. because you fucking, you need something, like a face to connect a voice to. You just kind of need that. Secondly, they've done nothing, nothing to add ambiance to the voices. The voices, I feel like I'm sitting in the fucking recording booth with them. It's so clear and crisp that you're like, oh, 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 hey, actor, I didn't see you there. You know, like, that's what it feels like. Um, and, and an example, actually, so I'm uh, playing Yakuza right now. And there's an example in this where they enter into the Millennium Tower. And all of a sudden... Um, Kiryu and Haruka, is it Hakura or Haruka? Haruka, Haruka. They're talking and suddenly their voices are echoing. And you're like, oh, right. They're in a very empty, huge building. Their voices would fucking echo. It fits. It feels like it's contextualized within the space. Is that a fair comparison? Not really. Yeah, because it's a pretty cinematic game, 3D, whatever. But again, you can't see their voices because you're controlling the characters, so their mouths. So actually, maybe it does kind of work. Um, but there's ambiance there. And if you go and listen to any like any game that has good voice acting, their voices feel like they fit within the environment. But within Triangle Strategy, never does. You know, There's music, but there's no real ambiance to make their, the voices fit in. So it's a bit rough. I, I would maybe honestly recommend turning on the Japanese voice acting because it's pretty good. Um, and if you don't understand Japanese, you'll be like, well, I don't fucking care. You can just skip through everything anyway. Um, mm-hmm. and it sounds fine. Also, some of the dudes and like the people in it sound really intense. 
But then I also, I, I did it for a bit, but then I wanted to switch back because the voice acting is not actually, it's not like, it's not that bad. It's just clearly could have been better, you know? Um, now, mm. that aside, fuck yeah, this game rules. <laughs> so like, um, the combat is super fun. And shit, I found out why there are so many characters in the game because I got what's called the Golden Root, which I kind of recommend if you play this to maybe check a look at a few strategy guides because the Golden Root, the ending of this game is so fucking satisfying and thematically cohesive. And here's the thing. There's a lot of branches to this game. There are tons of choices that split off the story. And there are basically four drastically different endings to this game um, that have drastically different um, combat paths to them as well. Like I might go back and just play through some of them. But the one that I played through, fuck me. They test your skills. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, you got this route, huh? All right, fucker. Get ready. You better know how to play this game. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Um, and so in particular, because it does this thing where like, I don't really think this is a spoiler, but uh, this is good to know actually. You're going to have to split your team up into a couple different teams. And uh, shit, you're not going to have a full number of characters to play some really fucking hard battles. Um, one of them was easy because it had I had kind of all my magic people on one of them. And magic is oh, so powerful in this game. Like I had this character who can grant TP, which is like the your like your points to use skills to other characters. And so with that dude and my magic casters, I was like a fucking wrecking ball. Like I was like, no one can touch me with this. Like I'll just plow through hordes of uh, enemies with this. But anyway, um, killer game like so much fun to the point where i think i might play through it again um at some point not right now but at some point just to try the different paths and different things that you could do i feel like i've seen the optimal one and i'm re i really love it um so i kind of want to see what happens if i try other ways um so anyway i cannot recommend triangle strategy highly enough it is a absolutely beautiful game gorgeous looking beautiful pixel art Voice acting could be better. Holds it back from being a perfect 10 out of 10. It's like a 9 out of 10 for me. Um, had that been like a little polished up, I this would be like a perfect 10 out of 10 for me. Um, also a game that like, I have to say, if you're looking for a game to like sink a lot of time into, oh, you couldn't look for a better game. There's so much you could do within this. And there are so many unique combinations of characters that you could do, but fascinating skills that have these beautiful synergies that like work together wonderfully. It's just, just fantastic. Um, so anyway, yeah, triangle strategy. Last thing, which is I'm cheating again because there's a book. <laughs> That's what BFB stands for. <laughs> I see. Listen, I spent the last half hour being like, "What's a BFB and why?" Do I know. I, I was, I was hoping that would be a thing. Same. Oh, what a um, cocksucker! Yeah, that's true. Hey, listen, they're about video games. You've got all of them on PDFs. So that's true. That is very yeah. true. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, well, if you put PDF, then that would have been fair enough. PDF. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I read the physical one. Um, I read Metal Gear Solid. This one's by Ashley and Anthony Birch, which um, you all know who Ashley Birch is. Ashley Birch is the voice of Tiny Tina and a uh, Aloy in Horizon uh, Forbidden West and Dawn or whatever. Um prolific voice actor they're siblings anthony birch is the lead writer on borderlands 2 and he does a lot of writing mm. for like league of legends and a bunch of riot um game stuff that hasn't been announced yet so you know things like that um so the great team they also had like an old web series back in the day like a little video thing that was pretty funny it's like um, i don't know anyway 
it's a really unique writing on this because they're tackling Metal Gear Solid. And so like they're kind of flipping between each other. And so it's kind of like a dialogue between the two of them. Like a Kodak, right? Okay. Kind of, actually, uh, kind of actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's very well done. And the thing is like, I've played Metal Gear Solids. Uh, I played Metal Gear Solid one, two, and three. I, for some reason I've never played four and five. I think four is cutscene hell kind of freaks me out a little bit. I, I don't want to say it for too much. Um, and five, I just bounced off of a little bit. But anyway, um, what I really love about this book is that they clearly adore this game. Like it is a formative part of the childhood, but they do such a good job of critically looking at it from all angles and like really. Um, and so I've, I've, I've seen some people complain. They're like, do these guys even like this game? Cause they like rag on it a lot. But like that to me actually shows me how much they love this game because they really delve so deeply into the mechanics of the game, into the story, into like the characters, into the themes that come out of it for better and for worse, right? And really take it as this kind of artifact of a time period uh, in gaming and and really analyze it deeply for that. And there's something that um, that I think Anthony mentions in it that I, I kind of wanted to like ask you two about a little bit that I think is really fascinating is that he talks about this concept of um, how when he was younger, he really loved um, these story-heavy games, right? This was the big thing. It was like, oh, I'm playing the games for like, oh yeah, these mature, interesting stories, right? But that as he's gotten older, he's found that he's like, no, I care more about the gameplay within the games. And like, for me, it was like that. He's like, this is what I love. Like I want, and like, that's actually why looking back at Metal Gear Solid is sort of sad because he's like, actually the gameplay is kind of bad. <laughs> you know, like it's it's not very good in Metal Gear Solid. Like the, the sneaking, like he says, at one point, Kojima does this whole thing in the intro where like it teaches you how to leave footprints in the snow to like distract guards. And that is the only time you do it. There's no <laughs> other times when you're allowed to do this. And he's like, why? <laughs> like, this crazy, co- anyway. And like, the you have to like, go into your menu and click use item on the item itself. Like you can't just like use the, eh, it's a whole thing. Um, so anyway, um, but something that I thought was interesting in that question is like how in, in, in like game development now, like this seems like such an existential difficulty of how do you design a game for such polarizingly different audiences and viewpoints, right? Because there are some of us who will look at a game like, um, Metal Gear Solid or whatever and 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 look to this and be like yeah look at this like incredible story that it tells like this is like this is what games all about and then we also have this group who's like no like the gameplay is so important and like I'm still not sure if anything's really married the two um, super satisfyingly like we've gotten close right with things like Last of Us but Thirteen Sentinels, I guess, Rim. Come on, you you know that did not marry the story <laughs> gameplay. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of a good example, though, right? Because the gameplay almost sits separately a little bit from the really intense story elements within that. Um, actually, yeah. that that's kind of a great example of the difficulty of doing it, right? And I think the short answer is you don't like that. There are occasions where you can get close, or you can get it in such a way as you like satisfy one and don't dissatisfy the other yeah if that makes sense but i i think it's a fool's errand to try and be all things to all people in any walk of life oh absolutely and I, I, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't apply to games yeah i just wonder too like I'm, I'm i always think to myself like when will be the day when those elements feel just so cohesively put together you know um and, and maybe some of the games that do because again he talks a little bit and we've talked a lot about this too about uh, or the organic storytelling what's the name for that that comes up emerging 
yes, emergent gameplay, right? And emergent storytelling. Like that, he's yeah. like, he's saying, he's like, that's what I love the most about gaming. And I'm like, I agree with you, good sir, who's around my demographic mm. age <laughs> You know what I mean? So anyway, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, Paola? Yeah, so in the topic of uh, gameplay and story, like merging together is like very, very difficult. Like I've actually trying to plan around like a project that tries to do that mm. in a way, but then you have to to think like when does the story start like compromising the gameplay or when does the gameplay not really reflect the story mm. like you have to really think about what makes the story the story and the gameplay the gameplay how to make the gameplay tell the story instead of having maybe a, a third party or like a narrator or like the characters telling the story instead it is the eternal struggle of game development i think <laughs> Yeah. Um, dope. All right. Well, why don't we um, jump into retirements? I'm going to quickly, because I have about a one minute retirement, maybe less. Pick two. Fuck this game. <laughs> it didn't get any better then. No, fuck it. It's too oh. slow. I don't like it. Oh, no. And that's it. That's been Alex's, <laughs> Alex's retirement corner. Paola, cool. tell me about the game you retired. <laughs> it's a rare retire. power retirement. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna rain. Cat and cats and dogs, and I don't know something's gonna happen. Um, cats and dogs and velociraptors. And velociraptors, yeah. yeah. So. Is that the sound actually, it made? I think so. I actually had a dream of raining velociraptors, and it was weird. Sorry. So, um, Jurassic World Evolution. The game is pretty solid. The thing is trying to complete the challenge because. Like the there's a story mode to this game and it gets like I dropped that because I really wanted to work like in one park instead of jumping to from to all these different islands. And then I was like, hey, I'm gonna do the challenge mode and complete the game that way. Well, getting your island to five stars is, is I don't want to say impossible, but it is pretty much close to that. Because there's so many things you have to micromanage to get your park there. I got to 4.5 stars. Let it be known that I got pretty close to the five star ranking. But once I ran out of space, I was like, well, how do I get to five stars? And well, even though you have like this massive, um, park with all these dinosaurs and all these creatures you you also have to take into account that your uh, the guests the visitors the people who visit this park um no shit Sherlock uh sorry are um they want to buy stuff they want to uh see like the dinosaurs like in in all the habitats and probably you have to put like enough uh, points on your cages so the the guests can see all the dinosaurs and have them have like near perfect visibility of the marvelous creatures you have there. But also you have to provide entertainment and stuff like that. And I'm like fuck that. I want to have my parks because uh, full of dinosaurs. I don't care about keeping bowling and arcade games to the visitors. It's like you don't go to the museum to play games, do you? 
I just oh, love the idea no. of like visitors where they're like, yeah, the dinosaurs were cool, but actually I want to play some House of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I was pretty satisfied of how my parks turned out to be because I managed to to never had like a huge outbreak except for the velociraptors, obviously, but I never had like any injuries at my park, which I don't know how that happened. Because those those velociraptors are little germanimes, and no one will tell me otherwise. <laughs> and at the very least, like, dinosaur welfare was amazing there. Like, my dinosaurs have a pretty long life over there. They have their happy little lives, revived lives. Uh, there, the visitors have, like, a 4.5 rating of entertainment and stuff like that so i'm happy with how that turned out how does king so, of the dinosaurs <laughs> yeah. Queen of the so yeah that's jurassic world evolutions for any anyone like interested in city builder games i would recommend it well then look at well that was faster we're on to playing now um cool. rick you've been patiently waiting why don't you tell us what you've been playing Oh, go on then. I mean, it, there's not a lot new, I'll be honest. Um, so I'm going to scoot through most of this. Risk of Rain 2, I'm still playing it. I'm still playing the Void. That railgunner is damn powerful. Uh, I did a run with my brother a couple of days ago. I did 67,000 damage in one hit. Nice. Because you, you stack a few like crits, you stack a few crowbars, you stack a few things together that all do that like first high hit boss damage. And you can crank out some real numbers. Um, we haven't done like a void completion yet. And I think that probably is at the point where this game will take a breather for me. Um, but we're getting close. We're getting close. And the game just continues to throw new things out and surprise me and excite and delight me, which is exactly what you want from a game like that. Um, the Witcher is still there. I haven't really made any progress on that in the last week. Ditto. Day's gone. Ditto Mario and Luigi Partners in Time. Uh, ditto Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. They're all there, but I've just been focused on my completions. Um, so with all those name dropped and then left to one side, there are only two real games to talk about for me this week. The first of those is a little game called Part-Time UFO, oh, which yeah. is the game that I currently got running on my Switch. It's adorable. It's so good. Uh, I almost wish I'd got it on mobile because it is perfectly suited just to play for a minute like it's very very bite-sized but there's a load of extra content on the switch version and i do think that it was worth getting that way so the the conceit of the game is that you are a little alien in a little ufo that's crash landed on earth and you need money to fix your spaceship to get home so you start taking like odd jobs and part-time jobs around earth so one day you might be uh building a parthenon type structure one day you might be helping cheerleaders stack themselves up to a specific height one day you might be helping a farmer put the fruit back in his basket basically if it's a job that can be done with an arcade style grabber claw which is what your ufo has natch uh then you'll be doing it and there's just such charm to the game it's got this oh gosh how do i describe it you know in rayman legends They've got like the the lums singing in the background and it's like a, oh, yeah. a Hawaiian kind of luar thing. That kind of music in the back of this game almost all the time. It's lovely. Hmm. The art's adorable. There's loads of little like random box boys running around because it's the same dev. You can even 
by loads of different like UFO faces, one of which is like a QB themed one. And each of the different themed UFOs you buy, when you press one of the trigger buttons, they do something cool. And QBs, he just has a little like squared thumb up that he just throws out there. Hmm. And this so is a lab main... game. It certainly is, yeah. So, they, like I say, it's originally developed for mobile, and then it got like an enhanced and expanded Switch port mm. about a year later. It's great, even at full price, which is not quite what I paid. It's really, really good. It's like nine pounds. It's super, super indie budget kind of pricing. Just a lot of fun and full of charm, and just makes me happy to play. The other game, and this is my mobile game, um, is a little game called Dot Project. So. Uh, I would like to shout out friend of the podcast, R2D2-1999, for bringing this to my attention on the Discord, which you can join and you can get to us on that should you so choose. Um, you know, if you've already left too many comments and smashed too many like buttons and sent too many emails uh, and posted too many forum posts, the Discord is the last bastion. Um, so Dot Project is one that I think you would quite like, the two of you as well, actually. It is kind of pit cross ish in feel it's very much not so that the way that it works you have it's almost like you're on the inside of a cube and you can see the two sideward faces in front of you it's like isometric and on those you can see a shadow of the squares in like a five by five grid that need to be filled in um and you have to build a structure in the middle such that it it fills everything in both side panels um and on each level there is a minimum number in which to do that and a maximum number and you have to hit both in order to progress it's really really clever because what it does is makes you think really creatively about essentially lines of sight and the way that the blocks is intersect with that um it's really cheap it's like a pound 80 on the phone um yeah, it looks really scratches cool. that itch and it it doesn't you'll be pleased to hear alex make you read a fact about a random piece of nature or invention and wait a minute to load the next level every time. Good. So it, it instant plus. Yeah. Um, I like it. I also got it for free because I happen to have play vouchers bouncing around, but I think, I think it's a very fair price for what you're getting in terms of game. And it, it's very suited to sort of jump in, jump out on the phone kind of thing. Um, that's all of the stuff I've been playing. Uh, Paula, Alex, who wants to jump in next? Um, I'll go ahead. So, Sweet. I've continued my playthrough of Variable Barricade, and I finished one of the routes of the game after 20-something hours of playthrough. Christ. And the game is pretty fun. There is a little bit too much, like, the, the drama part of the route, like, overstayed its welcome a little bit. And for context, it is Tion's route, which may mean nothing to you, but I'm just going to state that. Anyways, and um, yeah, it was the it was very entertaining. The protagonist is a bit too hard-headed in this route, and he's like, why can't you just do the thing? For fuck's sake. <laughs> but it, it wasn't like to a point it was utterly frustrating, which would have been like a deal breaker for me. So I've heard that um, this is like the 
the, this is like Himaria at her worst, I think. So it can only get better from here. Yay. And I'm just going to say, I started this game thinking like these four uh, characters that she was supposed to choose from were all unredeemable gremlins. But they have their redeeming factors, and some of them are really good, some of them are kind of meh, but it makes for an interesting and entertaining story. Um, so I'll probably try to finish another route for next week and talk more about that and see how Kibari changes depending on the route you choose. I've also been playing Minecraft, the Java Edition on PC. And this one with my boyfriend because we went, he wanted to play something back together, so we chose Minecraft. Nice. And it is, it has been like really fun. Like for me, Minecraft is more of a relaxing game. I don't do like much adventuring here, and I just want to do building and make my farm and have my chicken coop and all the stuff that. Just because it, it's like I like playing. Start the value on Minecraft pretty much. Minus the um commerce, I guess. The economy, I guess. And yeah, I don't really have much to say because we haven't like really started like doing like proper exploration yet. Um but I think we got like we we decided to to build like in a place where a lot of monsters like spawn. Like we, I already have been chased by creepers many, many times, and we have the, and then their mom visiting every other day, pretty much. And I got killed by a villager, which I don't know where the villager came from. Um, I think it's just me that I tend for some reason. Each time I play Minecraft, I have like all these creeps, like visiting my place and at the very least i haven't had like a, a a creeper like blowing up like on the house that i was building because that would make me like really sad um moving on the great city attorney adventures on switch i finally started this game finally and i have to say the game looks so much better on switch than 3ds and it's like no shit look but <laughs> the models are the same, but the resolution is way higher, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And the music is also like at a higher resolution, and it is beautiful. Chef kiss. So I, I think um, I'm like the second part of the first trial of the game, and yeah, I'm 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 there. I'm getting there. So I'm gonna try to play this one like really quick, and then go into. Uh, the great is other to resolve. Uh, just to have like the full continuity of the story. Because I. Anywhere... I... Oh, sorry, go on. Go, go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. I was just gonna be really snarky about how appropriate it was that you said no shit Sherlock about this game in particular. I didn't mean to derail you. I thought you'd already finished your sentence. I'm feeling quite bad right now. <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> I I didn't really have anything good to add. That was it. It's okay. Um, you're saying full continuity, you're going to play the second Yeah, I, I want to have that full continuity of the game. I've also been playing Chrono Trigger, 
and then yeah. I'm Ooh. only like a, like half an hour in, but just enough to have the story kick in. Have you played before? I haven't played this before. It's my first time playing it. So this is going to be so. interesting. Yeah, I've heard that. So I mm. I kind of like sell the seven seas and got my um, copy of the game. I got a physical copy on the DS before oh my God. DS prices went crazy. Um, or like really used game prices. And I'm so happy. Yeah, because this one, it has the added in. I can't remember. I think it was on PlayStation or something. They, they, anyway, there was they added in. Um, There's a couple of cutscenes, cutscenes like stuff, yeah. CG things. They also, I think, redid the translation for the DS version. I think so, and I know that the map, like, because there's map on the bottom. I think it's stuff too. Like, anyway, it's just you have that extra function. You also also have like this really superfluous monster training mini game, which, as a kid, I sunk more hours than I care to admit into for <laughs> zero practical purpose. As yeah. I was a sucker for those DS gimmicks. I spent forever like grinding out the three point friend token things on the world ends with you as well <laughs> nice because there were certain like pin evolutions you could only get doing that so i'd be there like sat with my brother's ds just in download mode just like <laughs> clawing the bare minimum points because i didn't i was a kid like yeah. age 13 in a normal high school i didn't know anyone else who played the fucking world ends with you did i no, so i wasn't getting right. any regular i wasn't getting regular pass like that wasn't happening in the uk so love it again completely derailed it chrono trigger great game power and you are playing the best version i agree Beautiful. So yeah, that, that's for it for this week because I really haven't done no. much on this game. <laughs> that's fair. I can't wait to hear your. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna have. A, I, I'm probably gonna have like a couple of updates for next next week. And finally, keep talking and nobody explodes. I love Great this game. game. Yeah. Um, you have to like for those who don't know. Uh, keep talking and nobody explodes is a game about defusing bombs. But one of the players is the one controlling and defusing the bomb, and the other one is the bomb expert that has to look up at the look up the manual on how to defuse like that particular bomb. Which bit were and... you doing? Were you the diffuser or were you the reader? Oh, I I'm usually like the diffuser, but for this particular playthrough, I'm actually the 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 bomb expert. Ooh. So it is nerve wracking because. <laughs> The the manual is it's a very hefty manual, so yeah. you have to look up like various pages, and if you forget like the order on how things are displayed, like on the manual, well, good luck. Hopefully, you didn't pass that uh, those instructions about the um, the weird cable vent diagram modules. And yeah, it it has been a lot of fun. I have. I think we're around chapter, is it chapter four, chapter five, out of, I don't remember how many chapters they are, or how Too many, because they get very hard. Yeah, we are just to, to get to the uh, needy modules, and I am scared out of my life, because we already have like a couple of not so nice bombs to defuse, and... There are like two particular modules, the one where you have to like um I guess rebuild the world mm -hmm. out of like the, the disc. Yeah, that's the particular one that I particularly hate because the two times we have it, we run out of time. Have you played this we... one, Alex? Or... 
No, I've considered getting it because I think the VR experience would work really nice. Um, Do you know it probably would actually? Yeah, yeah. it's one of us in there. While the yeah, other. yeah, it's. I, I'm trying to think if it's the same one that you're saying, pal. The one where it's like, if it says a word, you have to respond with a different word, and some of the words are like nothing and like full stop, and it throws you off that way. Oh no, it's the one where you have like the the. The disc, like, uh, and on each disc you have like five letters, and you have to reconstruct like a five-letter word. Oh God, yeah, that one's rubbish as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's no, Alex is nodding like, yeah, they are bad, aren't they? Mm. <laughs> yeah, like the but the one you you <laughs> mentioned, we actually we actually didn't have like that bad of time with that one because since. We use the Spanish, we read the words like they're written in, as if they were written in Spanish. Uh, so we give them like different pronunciations that way. Oh, well, I'd give to see that. It's, I'm looking forward to seeing how you find needy modules next week. I'm going to cry. That's what's going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> Maybe. Nice. Um, well, why don't I jump in now there? I, I don't have a whole lot actually for what I'm playing right now because I just beat a lot of games. Um, I got Clubhouse Games, the 51 Worldwide Classics on the Switch because again, GameStop is really trying to push you with their used games. And they gave me a, because I bought, not even not even all at once. Like I have just bought five used games in the last like year or two. And they were mm. like, you may now have a sixth one for free. Um, as long as it's under $40. And Worldwide Classics was under $40. So I went, I will take this. And they were like, there you go. And I, I kind of felt like I was like, this is actually a good deal. What's going on here? I <laughs> feel <You know? laughs> like you're getting away with something. You're like, why are you letting me do this? Um, so anyway, I got that. I got to say, man, like, I I know it, this game might seem like kind of nothing, but like, it is so polished. Like, it's just really pretty like all the pieces are really like tactile looking and like they just they look nice and it also does this really beautiful thing where like i was playing the chess version and it'll like update you like you can go from like normal hard harder harder but then it also has a whole section on like how to play it has these like really detailed interactive tutorials for like all of the games except for ones that are like too simple like checkers is not giving you a multi like it's like a, here's how to play checkers all right fuck off it's checkers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah, there's strategy and stuff, but like you don't need a multi-step tutorial for this. Like you just need one tutorial and that's good. But then for games that have a lot of strategy to them, they have like almost you can almost call them little campaigns to go through. And then you can play them with other people. All of it's touchscreen enabled. Um, but then of course you can also just play them on your TV. There are multiple ways to play each of the games. A really great thing to have, like I especially think if you have like, you know, family who maybe aren't really like, you know as into games but you want something to play with them and like get them into trying games this is kind of an awesome way because it sort of sells itself on like all the classic games you know without the mess and i get it that's kind of legit it's like yeah this does feel like i could see myself like taking off the joy cons and just putting like the switch on a table and just playing chess with someone and it would feel good you know like it's actually Mm. it actually feels good to do it like that um so yeah anyway i recommend it it's also not very expensive 
obviously I got it free. So that's nice. But like, even at its normal price in Canada, it's like maybe 50 bucks or something like that. Less so other, uh, in other countries. So anyway, cool game. Um, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Oh my God. This is the one of the best 3D platformers I've ever played in my life. This game is so much fucking fun. This is like, where did this come from? You know, like, in fact, the fact that this is the first Kirby game to do like a 3D platformer really is absurd. Um, but secondly, it is so fucking good. Um, it is so full of personality, so full of charm. The music is incredible. The boss fights are super fun. Um, here's the thing too. Is Kirby easy? Yeah, I guess. But the thing is, it's so satisfying. It doesn't feel like a game that you're just breezing through, right? Because there's all these little secrets within each level. And then they have these challenge modes that are actually quite difficult to get optimal times on, right? So like, yeah, you can maybe breeze through, but some of them can't even breeze through. They're like three stars things. And so like what they do is that you've got like levels that you play through. And then you have these challenges that you can play for the different power-ups that Kirby has. And what's also interesting is that those challenges give you these stars that allow you to actually like level up Kirby's powers um, in this sort of like main hub town, which is like Waddle Dee Town. And you're rescuing Waddle Dees from each of the stages. And the more that you rescue, the more the town gets populated, the more like structures get built and whatnot. Um, it's really, really, really fun. Like I can't stress enough how much fun it is. And I have to say, the core idea of Kirby where it's like platforming, but you've got like a little bit of an out where if you, you know, mess up a jump, it's okay. Is so awesome because like you just, you get to a flow with Kirby. Like you don't feel like, like, have I ever died? No. Um, have I gotten kind of close? Actually, sometimes. Um, Cause I get a little, you know, on a boss, I might just be a little bit like, oh, I'm just going to pound them and whatever. But like you actually, there is like some strategy to it. And like the bosses have fun little patterns that you can play through and, it's just really good. Like, it's really, really good. Um, only complaint is I wish they would show you what uh, the, the like things that you're trying to find are kind of hidden. And when you complete a level, it will um, it will reveal one of the ones that you miss. Which like, OK, I, I get it. I get that that's partly replay, but I kind of would prefer if they would just show me everything that I need as I'm playing through it. That being said, it's not that hard to figure out. Like, you, if you're observant, which you should be because it's beautiful environments, um, you'll notice, like, there's seagulls in this one. Oh, so game FAQs are a thing. Yes, that but, wasn't a you know, you, Sorry. you don't always want to have to go look up something, you know, when it could just be a feature in the game. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, I... I super recommend this. Like it is to me, it is the, this game is the Kirby Super Mario Odyssey or Breath of the Wild. Like it is of that caliber as far as I'm concerned. Like it is. Game released on the Switch. Yeah. Right. Like it's just like, but like honestly, because like these Switch games for these things have been coming out. Um, although Metroid Dread sits below that. Doesn't get to be in there. <laughs> I like that game, but it's not. Mm-mm. It's okay. But this is one that I would raise it up on that pantheon of just like God tier Switch games where you're like, fuck yeah, this is what the Switch is all about. Only thing I've heard though is that the co-op is like Little Brother co-op where it's like you don't get to play as another Kirby. You play as a fucking Waddle Dee with a spear who doesn't really get to do anything because you don't get to have copy abilities. So it loses a point for that. But to be fair, Super Mario Odyssey has a fucking hat co-op. So, you know. 
and Brother Wild doesn't have any. So. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? I, I definitely got to have one. So yeah, you can be like, I think my favorite was Mario Galaxy, where you got to literally be one of those little boy. like loomers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, cool. You can pick up all the little useless things. Yeah, it's to the point where it's like, what's the point, right? Like, because even yeah, little yeah. kids get that it's stupid. Like, they're like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know? So, oh, speaking of which, totally off topic. Have either of you guys seen that thing where like the guy got the Fisher Price pretend controller and made it like actually work with Elden Ring? Yeah, I heard. What? I love it. <laughs> really? I'll send you a video, so, for anyone who's listening, there's like a, a Fisher Price pretend controller, so like baby yeah. can play two kind of thing. Um, it charges over USB. Like over micro USB, so some clever bugger plugged it into their laptop and tricked it to be like an actual controller to play Elden Ring. Now the problem is it doesn't have a second analog stick. What it does have is a little like left and right toggle at the bottom, so you have to switch that to make the left analog stick the right analog stick. But it's even got like a click in stick, so you can do like all the crouch and center camera thing. It's stupid. It's stupid. I, anyone who's listening, you can find it on Twitter. It's like That's wonderful. A thing. Um... It, it's just. The stupidest, best thing. Again, completely derailed you as you were. That's fine. But anyway, um, all that to say that you should play Kirby in the Forgotten Land because it's fantastic. Um, last thing mm. that I'm playing, uh, I got Yakuza Kiwami on my um, on my PC. Uh, oh, God, it looks so good. I love it. Um, I just thought, you know, I'm down here. It was on sale. I, I didn't think I was going to play through the um, earlier Yakuza games, but I was like, eh, you know what? I, you know what it actually was? Uve, when this was Game of the Month, I saw a comment that he mentioned where he like he bumped it down to easy and blasted through it in 12 hours. And I was like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> so what I've done, because from from what I understand, from kind of general consensus and, you know, it moves around a little bit. But like the original like Yakuza 0 to 6, the way that I've seen it kind of like ranked is that people kind of put it like 0 and 6 or kind of like 0, 6, Kiwami 2 are sort of like the best. And then you have like 5, 4, 3. Um, or well, actually Kiwami might be a little higher but like it's in that area right four four um three and Kiwami are kind of like eh, okay you know um and I would say that playing Kiwami right now I can kind of see what they're saying because if you go from zero to this yeah zero is like a master class game in general like it's a very good game with a really compelling story this one's a little more meandery and I kind of get it because like you can sort of see how like this was kind of clearly the first one, right? Where I think they're sort of figuring out what Yakuza is. And so the remake, I sort of wish they had kind of gone further. Now they really do incorporate some things from zero into this, but not like a lot. Like it's still kind of standalone. There's one character in this who has so much more of a development in the first and in zero. And thank God I played zero before, because otherwise I think this character would feel like a total dud. Um, but it's really fun to play Kiryu again. Kamurocho is still gorgeous. Putting it in that new engine is like, what a great idea. Um, it looks beautiful. And I got to say, bumping it down to easy is pretty fun. Honestly, you feel like a superhero. You just, and there's some, cause there's some pretty fucking cheap fights in this where you'd have to get, like, really good. And, like, I'm going to be real here. I don't fucking play Yakuza for the gameplay, okay? Like, I don't. I just don't. Um, now, some of them I do. Yakuza 0 was fun. The submissions were great. Um, Judgment, awesome. Super fun. Lost Judgment. Yakuza 7, like, uh, the JRPG one, gameplay was incredible in that because it changed it. And the thing is, I only have so much time in my life. I know that I'm going to play through Lost Judgment. I'm going to do all the side stories and stuff. 
But like looking at Kawami, I'm like, I just kind of want to get more of the story. And the story in this is fun. It's not as good as Zero. It's serviceable. It's still, uh, Kiryu is still awesome. He's such a like, Yaku- the world of Yakuza is a, is a, it's a fairy tale. Because it's a world wherein bad people get their ass kicked and that solves problems, right? Like violence literally solves everything in this world, Um, which it's so obviously not how the world works, but like, it's so satisfying. It's great to come in as Kiryu and see this guy who's like taking advantage of, you know, this person and like, you know, trying to coerce them to do something. And then Kiryu comes in and goes, you know, stops a baseball bat with his fucking hand and beats the shit out of the guys. And then they're like, well, sorry, we'll change our ways. You know, you're like, Kiryu's just like, hell yeah. Like, it's just, it's just fun, you know? Um, so anyway, that's Yakuza Kiwami. I, I actually would really recommend, and I know it might sound sort of silly, but like, I do recommend bump the difficulty down to easy and just breeze through the game. There's this Majima everywhere system in it. That's kind of weird. Um, where like Majima, <laughs> and if you're playing on easy, it is sort of funny. If you're playing on normal, I can imagine the Majima everywhere gets really annoying because the idea is that Goro Majima shows up to fight you all the time, and like he's trying to get you strong again because you spend you spend a bunch of years in prison or whatever, and you lose your strength, and so he's like, "I'm gonna make you strong again, Kiryu, and I want to fight you all the time." So he does all these elaborate things where he just like. <laughs> there's a certain point where he hides behind cars and, and you'll walk by one and he's like Kiryu <laughs> like he pops out and starts fighting you and it's quite funny and like he finds all of these costumes to dress up in and like there's it's super fucking silly and weird and is this I, Team Rocket or what? He honestly he's basically Team Rocket like honest to god um, I don't want okay there's something involving a host club with Majima that oh. is fucking amazing and like oh god it is so so good and it is like because they play it so seriously and hey actually one thing about the host club there's the because there's this whole kind of mini game right like in all the Yakuza games there's usually some sort of like dating-esque mini game and in this one I gotta give major props to them because there's this character called Rina who's just um She's she's queer. She's a lesbian. And like she's very open about that. And they discuss like the issues within Japan on this. Cause like she talks about how like an ex-partner who like and she's just unabashedly gay. She's like, I fucking love ladies. <laughs> she's like, she's like, why do you think I work at a cabaret club? She's like, it's awesome, man. I'm surrounded all the time. It's fun. And she's just very like open and like personable. And like Kiryu's never like, you know, creepy about it. He's just like, oh, you're fun. I like you. You're a nice person. Let's hang out. Like that kind of thing, right? And like, um, but it's just great. Like she talks about how like her partner, her her ex, you know, left her, and then she got like a message that they're moving overseas um, and going to get married and stuff. And Kiryu is like, "Why are they moving overseas? Like, is she dating a foreigner?" Like, no, they're both Japanese. But then like being open about the fact that she's like, you know, actually, like she, we can't get married here. They have to go overseas to get married um, because it's not legal in Japan. I'm pretty sure it's still not legal in Japan. Um, I have to I have to double check, but I know. Um, I know for a long time. Was it in 2021? No, it still doesn't. Um, Damn. Yeah, it's still not. So in in 2021, they did rule. There was like a ruling in uh, District Court in Sapporo that said that it's unconstitutional based on the constitution. Um, but there's been no immediate legal effect on that. So yeah, that's the thing in Japan, right? And in fact, when this game is set, um, I'm pretty sure... Because it said 2005, and there were very few 
um, countries in the world that had same-sex marriage in 2005. Canada did in July of 2005. Very few. So it's one of those things where people are like, oh, yeah, it's legal now. And you're like, yeah, well, hasn't been for very long. Um, so mm-hmm. anyway, it's it, I, I just I was I was it felt good to see that in the game because I know how popular these games are. And it's nice that they're so explicit about it. And especially in a mini game that's all about like, you know, going to a host club and like could be one of those things that's just played off as like, oh, here's this girl like, you know, but like she's actually like very um, and still feels like a full character, right? Not just like a mouthpiece on it. So I was like, nice, Yakuza. I like this. This is great. Um, so that was a nice little surprise that I saw. I don't know if it was in the original. Maybe it's something that was updated in Kwame, but I, I hope it was in the first one. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was a really nice surprise. Um, so anyway, that's Yakuza Kiwami. It's a, it's a really fun game. I'm probably going to have it beat by next week. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's it. Why don't we move on to our, we actually have time incredibly enough for our topic this week, um, which is co-op games. So I I just hinted a little bit of talking about co-op with Kirby here, um, but this is thanks to good old cock. We have a lot of questions that we likely aren't going to get through even maybe half of them. So probably expect a new game plus at some point on this. Um, But why don't we start with how has cooperative gameplay changed over the years? Let's start with the big one. Well, I think you sort of alluded to it there. There's lots of different ways to do it. I think co-op originally is either like the Pong type PvP or the arcade style. Like we both have exactly the same thing and we're playing on exactly the same screen doing the exact same goals. And now you have such a broad range of things. You have split screen, you have, I, what did you call it? Kid brother co-op? Yeah, little brother Which, co-op. <laughs> totally new term to me, but hey-ho. Uh, we've got Paolo playing Keep Talking, which is asymmetrical co-op. You have the whole Wii U thing, 4v1. You have the not Wii U thing, like Dead by Daylight type 4v1. Um, Friday the 13th Evolve. Rest in peace. Like, There's lots of different ways to do it. Um, and I think that just the sheer power and also how many more people are into video games are opening up those things a lot. Um, well, I think the idea of co-op wasn't actually natural to games at first. Like, competitive was, right? Like, this idea of playing against each other, I think, was, like, very much the way that it worked. And and probably because it was technically easier to do, to just have each other, like, have you fight the other player. Because, like you've mentioned, in co-op, you get the the issue of having now to scale your game, right? Like, arguably popping in and making a good co-op game requires that it's very specifically designed for two players to be in it, right? Because I think we've all played games where you jump into co-op and all of a sudden you're like, I don't think anything's changed. And it's suddenly like way too easy. But from what I understand, at least like when it comes to, um, cause I'm thinking about arcades, right? Cause I would imagine, you know, arcades kind of where everything started. And I don't think there was a lot of like, business reason to try and introduce co-op right like competitive made sense they're like yeah fight against each other put quarters in there but then like you know what i mean like to to allow two players to play with each other which effectively might make it a bit easier you know i suppose that comes later when you look at i suppose the two that jumped out in my mind besides like wow no let's make that four and in two different things well no i was thinking more like and i suppose this does come later like turtles in time the simpsons arcade game 
but also like you have things like Time Crisis, House of the Dead, um, Outrun, the various racing ones. Although I, I suppose the racing is more competitive than co-op most of the time. But even, you know, if you look at your, your House of the Dead, similar kind of things, like that's cooperative. But again, that's quite straightforward because it's the same screen you're seeing. So it, it yeah. makes no difference other than scaling the numbers of enemies up to have a second controller. And actually, twice the amount of quarters or, or pounds or um, what coins do you use in Canada and Chile? We well, we don't, I don't think we'd really had arcades. So. <laughs> it would just be ah, quarters okay. in Canada, yeah. Yeah, we, we use 100 pesos. I don't know any charter name to, for them. <laughs> oh, you don't have like a really catchy thing. Yeah. We don't no, have no a catchy Canadian thing Looney here. Uh, we have the loonies and the toonies. Looney is one, toonies is two. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and you know, no. I think too, like, it seems to me like beat-em-ups were kind of the first, like it, that, that seemed like it was the natural co-op kind of game, right? Like I, when I think of co-op yeah. at its at its origins, I, I do think of things like Double Dragon and stuff, right? Like I'm like, yeah, this kind of like go through it together and beat-em-ups and maybe some shooters. Again, same contract. screen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like same screen yeah. co-op. Yeah, exactly. Like both on, because I think that ultimately when I think of the NES, I just don't think the NES could handle any type of split. Like, I, I don't believe, maybe people can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think there is any split-screen co-op whatsoever on the NES. I don't think like, it, it could handle something like that. And also, why would you, right? Because it's not like you're in a first-person perspective on the NES, right? Um, hmm. You're looking at a screen, you're both playing together. And and I think a lot of couch co-op, like early co-op, of like the past the controller co-op, like with platformers and yeah. stuff, like me and my bud did this for Super Mario Bros. 3, where like, I play a level, he plays a level, I play a level, he plays a level, right? Um, that's make your own co-op, I guess. <laughs> How do we class Pokemon in terms of co-op? Well, I don't think it is co-op. Call... That is not call... co-op at all. I mean, you, you are cooperating in the sense that you're trading. Yeah, you're trading, it, it, though, to it, battle it, each it's other. It's technically cooperative gameplay. Yeah, I, I feel like it's less cooperative, though. I feel like there's a word for that. Like, it's, it's communal gameplay. Like, there's definitely a community yeah. to it. Um, but I don't know if... Because you're not actually playing the game together right you're influencing each other's games but when you're trading you're not playing with each other right you're just trading yeah, yeah. besides you can go through all the game without um without trading or without battling other players so it's yeah that's kind of weird there yeah that that's the nail in the coffin of my argument that i didn't really make sincerely i was hoping would just throw more of a spanner in the works but yeah no you're absolutely right pal it's fair enough <laughs> I was like, I know my Pokemon. Come on. <laughs> I win. I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> yeah, Rick's like, goodbye now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I feel like, um, and you know, I think I uh, man of a little blind spot. But even when you think of like the SNES and stuff, like I, I guess, really, arguably, it was all couch co-op for a long time, and it would be like same screen co-op where like you're playing together and you and you're moving along together. Um, but then when you enter into like um shooters and i'm thinking xbox generation um playstation and whatnot where you know now you're entering into a world wherein you can split the screen with one another and your your tv is actually big enough to do that i don't know if any of y'all remember i remember playing uh split screen co-op on tvs where i swear to god my switch has bigger real estate than what the freaking 
exaggerating, but not by much. And also, yes. Exactly, right? Like, it's not yeah. that big of an exaggeration. On some of those CRTs, you'd be like, I'd sit up close and I'm like, I'm going to find you. <laughs> oh, God. I remember playing, like, Gran Turismo 3 and, like, the, <laughs> that that split screen, like, you do end up with a really squeezed in, like, horizontal split. And, yeah, you can see all the track, but also, like, your speedometer is kind of right over the top of your car model. It's not it's not the ideal way to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I can't remember the game we were playing with my boyfriend, but it was that kind of split screen, and it was horrible. Because... <laughs> and mm. there's a, it was a game where you have to, like, survive. It was a kind of like survivor pay your debt and going to an adventure kind of game so we i actually got killed because of that split screen because i didn't see more than i didn't think i didn't see enough screen to to see that something was approaching and that probably takes us to the biggest change which is online like most co-op now it's just you have a screen yeah and then the other person is sat in a different room somewhere with a screen or in the same room on a completely different system with a different screen. Which I got to say, that is the least satisfying co-op to me, to be honest. Like I, I now it's still fun. It like, I think of Risk of Rain, that's co-op. We have a lot of fun with that. Um, like that's a good time. But there is something about the kinetic feeling of playing together um, sure. in a good couch co-op. You know what I mean? It, I still love online co-op. It's great. Um, and in fact, you know, I think of something like, fuck, Jackbox games, right? Like, they've created this, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that, I have to say, is great because it actually keeps me and my friends, who we all live in different um, places in the world now, keeps us together, right? We can sit together, we can play a game. And it's just, like, a fun way of, because otherwise we're just staring at this Zoom screen, talking, and that's a nightmare. So, you know, like, <laughs> having a game to go around together, it's just, like, really, it's just really nice, right? Um, well, yeah, was... for me, like, for me, that kind of gameplay, like having a full screen to myself, was kind of like a godsend in the sense of any game that has like a lot of motion, like most 3D games, like for a third person or first person perspective, because otherwise, I cannot play much of it. But uh, because of my motion sickness and mm. having that screen to myself, it makes it so it is possible for me to gameplay section and not run into any trouble though it is fun having that split screen when you're playing Mario Kart and you can screen cheat oh screen cheat oh that is that is the good shit there's actually a game that I was thinking of we were talking about this Yeah. we'll we'll talk about unique co-op mechanics actually I guess there's that one game called screen cheat and literally the whole thing is you're all invisible except on the other player's screen Um, yep that game is yeah. fun as hell, man. I like, it, although it does kind of suck because like my brother, I was playing with my brothers and one of my, they're, they're fucking bad. <laughs> like, one of them's a little better, but the other one is not good. And uh, I was just decimating them. He was like, oh, I can figure it out. So when you play with players who are equally good, it's good. But I actually, before we jump into that, actually, I realized there's there's one other thing that we kind of, we should hit on too, though. Sports games. I know we don't play a ton of them, but um. Those, I think, are really big for for cooperative play Um, because I know initially they would start as like play against each other. But a lot of uh, sports games allow you to kind of play on the same team. Um, And I I don't have a ton of experience with this, but I would imagine that that's 
quite a lot of fun to get to play with each other and kind of coordinate. But I don't, I don't know. Up, I up to a point, and then you get too competitive about it. Not from personal yeah. experience, but tangential personal experience. Like like with anything where you get too competitive about it. But yeah, on a technical level, it's amazing that you can do that. And Battle Royales, let's not forget, like, mm. you know, you, you party up with a team. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who plays those still on more than a semi-regular basis probably has a party. And I think... Um... The way it's done. The one thing, because I'm going to let you guys take over the wheel here for the unique ones. Mm. I, re- I didn't think I had anything to say about this, but apparently I have a lot to say about this. But the, when I was talking with like, the Little Brother co-op, right? Like That, I think, is a unique thing that was added in mostly from Nintendo's um, side of things, yes. right? Where it's like, I feel like the intention with that is to allow younger players to play with you in this kind of helper role. Um, I just don't know if it's effective, you know? Like, I'm not sure if it because it, it seems to me we've talked about this before where it's like getting someone who doesn't really play games i feel like they always want to actually play along and be like good in it and i think the problem is that the idea is like oh for your child who's not really good at all at games yet here's this thing that they can do they can like you know move the controller around but like i also think the child wants to actually just play the game and so i don't mm. know you know what i mean i don't know if it actually works the way it's intended to but who knows one day when i have children I'll let you all know if it actually works or I do suspect the overlap between who it's aimed at and who it actually hits for is vanishingly small. Yeah. Yeah, I was know. thinking that maybe like you have that point of view of the the kid playing like as the character with less uh, mobility, but maybe the parent can help as the character with less mobility in a pitch if the if the kid is having trouble like playing a scary, for example. Hmm. or like cover their back or something like that yeah i could see that maybe in the kirby game but then in mario it's like lord no mario is like can't play it right (laughs) um yeah yeah anyway oh sorry yeah i was gonna say in terms of unique examples i'm i'm struggling to think of ones that really do jump out as unique one that does spring to mind although i haven't really played it myself um it's a game called fogs like dogs with a ph um and each each person plays one half of the dog's head or of the dog's body because the dog's got a head on both sides and you end up like fighting with each other and like trying to collaborate with each other and making different things work that way i think that's really clever but i'm struggling beyond that i actually i think we've talked about this a little bit where like paula talked about the keep talking and nobody explodes like that's a unique co-op mechanic but i actually think vr and so this maybe is the way it's also changed is VR has introduced um, an individual within like wearing the VR headset and then others controlling on say a PC or, you know, on their phones or whatever, doing something else. Right. And there are a lot of games like there's one game and Lord, it's escaping me right now. Um, Cora and something or whatever, but it's this platformer where one person is like this skeleton guy and you're in VR and you're manipulating the world and moving things around while the other player plays a standard platformer on their PC um and Mm. to me that's such an interesting mixture of things right and like even something like demio now like everyone's in their co-op um you know everyone's got their vr glasses and you're all playing together and you're playing like a DD campaign and i'm like the untapped potential there of being able to like have these figures in vr and moving around it's like really i think there's some really unique um kind of co-op experiences that can happen um with this medium um 
that blend of this idea of coach co-op. Cause like you said, the keep talking and nobody explodes. It's like, it's great. You could be in the same room and you've got this person, you know, plugged into the VR while everyone's telling them what to do. And they're like going through and they can see what he's doing. Like maybe, or can't even see what he's doing on the TV. Right. Cause like, you don't have to have it play on there. Or it could just be uh, straight in the VR goggles. So I think there's, um there's a lot of interesting and uh, maybe I wouldn't say untapped, but like there's a lot of potential in this realm for that kind of stuff. You know, there's a ceiling. Yeah. yeah like... There's absolutely space to grow. I imagine like keep talking and all explodes. Kind of like the 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 person in the manual is like the guy in a chair for this superhero, and the superhero is trying to <laughs> follow instructions. Hmm. I like that the guy in the chair. That's good. Guy in the chair co-op. That's what we should call it. <laughs> there, I I think that video games can make the the guy in the chair like very uh very interesting like place to to be or like person to play as. If you do like a symmetric club. Yeah. Yeah. I think the idea of asymmetric co-op is really neat to me. Like it's just, obviously it requires a fair bit of setup, right? Like there's, you know, there's, there's some right place, right time kind of thing. It's like, it's like playing a board game, honestly, at this point, like it really requires that. Like I've got lots of board games I want to play and then getting us all together to play them is a nightmare. (laughs) which is oh, why online is probably the better way of doing it because at the end of the day i end up playing more nowadays i'm trying to see like damn what game can i play online with my friends that and th- actually this is something that has changed i think too and it takes two as an example of it where it's like a co-op where one person needs to own it and then the others can just download and play it because you own it and i really want more games to start doing this because it really sucks yeah. when you've got a game that you really want to play with your friends but you can't expect your friends to go out and fucking buy the game um because like sometimes it's expensive and like I don't know I can't get all of them to do that it would just be nice if they could just play with me you know um, yeah like one thing that uh, Triforce Zero suffers from is that okay your friends can download a version of the game in a way but they can only use like I think it was one or two outfits hmm. and the outfits makes the game like so much easier and so much fun in some sections so it is a shame that they are limited to that and instead of like having a full experience. And I feel like it just locks people out. Like I get there's the money thing where people are like, oh, well, the developers are like, I want to make money on this. But like, if I get to play your game with friends and have fun, I'm probably more likely to buy that game. You know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe I want to play with other group of friends, you know, like it's just, I don't know. Um, But who, who, what do I know? I'm not a businessman. (laughs) I don't know. Any other thoughts on this? Have we exhausted the co-op wheel? I, I think I've exhausted the unique implementations that exist in my brain. I'm yeah. somewhat tempted to throw this out to the people who are hitting the like button while you're next to that comment box. Uh, <laughs> why don't you let us know what unique implementations you've played? What ones do you think we should play? Because yeah. we all have co-op situations. We do. Available Tell, us to us. Mm-hmm. Tell us a Discord. Um, plus, uh, we there are... okay. Cock was very nice and gave us a lot of questions and there are quite a few that we did not hit on here. So um, if there's any TV others, thing. yeah, yeah. To be continued, we'll put it that way because I would like to uh, come back to this at some point, I think, because there's some interesting stuff here. But uh, yeah, any final words, Paula? Um, Not really. Nice. Besides go play some games with people. Yeah. Go have some games. fun. Hot take, playing games with people is fun. Um, all right. <laughs> a game that you can play with people but we will sue you for copyright infringement if you do 
How long to beat the game? It's ours. Check your local IPO. Don't check your local IPO. It's my host week this week. I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rick's like, I'm so tired. I'm done. <laughs> right. and, and, and by stark contrast to whatever the fuck I've been doing this episode, uh, this week's game is The Silent Age. Silent, silent age? age. I've never heard of this a game. Silent Age. Wait, you say a so, Silent Age or the Silent Age? No, the the okay. Silent Age. Um, okay, the Silent Age. While these two are searching that, that game up, uh, quick refresher on the new format: five points up for grabs, um, three points, one each, for the person who gets closest mm-hmm. to main time, main plus time, hundred percent time. Uh, two bonus points for whoever gets the closest on the dealer's choice question. Uh, and for me, that question is going to be, how many people are currently playing this game? Currently playing. Currently oh, yeah. playing it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, and this kind of looks like my job, or my kind of game. Like It looks like mysterious and somewhat creepy, and it's like, but someone, it looks like you have to either explore or escape, and I'm... <laughs> <laughs> it's fun so uh on my steam when i go and look at it i've got one friend recommendation four uh which is an old forum <laughs> member called neo j and i've got one recommendation against which is friend of the podcast avatage i would like <laughs> to read out his review in full don't go to the steam page uh... i want i want to i want to see your reaction to this in real time let me pop okay that out so i can read it and see it all together so I'm not going to do the Australian accent because it just won't happen. Uh, do you like time travel in your pointy clicker? This game travels through time by using time travel as its time travel system. The art is really nice for time travel, but the time travel story is badly written, even though it's about time travel. Do you see? <laughs> this game likes time travel. If you're not sure if this story has anything to do with time travel, don't worry. The game will tell you it's about time travel many times by beating repeatedly in the face with its time travel stick to let you know that it's all about time travel. The puzzles oh are moronic, but the art is nice. Uh, wow, okay. Nails. Okay. Oh, and time travel. And, and time so... travel, yes, absolutely. Don't forget that, Christ. Um, okay, I'm, I think I've got this one here. Uh, uh... So, I'm just waiting for messages individually from Alex and Paola. With their three times and their best guess as to how many people are currently playing this game. Uh, and then we will see who's got which points or not, as the case may be. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. And then like, I'm going to go. This has with... to be like a short game. It Does it? Like it at least. We'll find out, won't we? I think so. If it's a point and click adventure, I don't feel like they're very long. I don't know. Um... Well, I've got Alex's answers. No pressure, Paolo. No pressure at all. No oh pressure God. at all. I feel like I've been overshooting my guesses a lot lately on the bonus stuff, so <laughs> I've tried to be conservative this time. <laughs> mm. I'm trying not to under too much because I don't want to give Alex a point. <laughs> Sorry, but I want autom- not automate, but Ooh. whatever may whatever automate thing to happen. Damn it's um, And it's worth it's worth factoring in if this is the last round of wow. games that we do. Uh, this is your last opportunity to get points, Alex. I thought we were doing three rounds. If we're doing three rounds, oh, then yeah, okay. sure. If if right. we're doing two, this is your last opportunity. Can I edit so one of them then? I'm gonna. <laughs> she can't see mine, so I'm editing. <laughs> I feel nervous now. 
Uh, oh, yeah. I, uh, it if was a amount change, of people like playing right seconds. now, right? Start editing. Okay. It, yes, the bonus question is how many people are playing this game currently? How many people are playing it currently? Okay. Okay, there you go. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this then. I'm gonna say this. Okay. 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 Wait, wait, wait. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Madness. Okay. So, the main time. Paula says three hours. Alex also says three hours. Okay. So you both get the point. Uh, nice. For reference, the time is three and a half hours. Okay. From nice. main plus, Paula says three and a half hours. Alex <laughs> says three and a half hours. Oh my god. You both get the point. The time is in fact three and a half hours. Damn. Okay. And for a hundred percent, Alex says three and a half hours. Paula says four hours. The time, would you believe it, is three and a half hours. I... That's the third point for Alex. I changed because uh, I got nervous. <laughs> currently 3-2. And you got even more nervous on the playing. So yeah, it was really uh, how many people are currently playing this game? Paula said 15. Okay. Alex originally said three. I feel like it's way too low. <laughs> and then he last minute guessed it up to 10. Uh, I can tell you. The, the number of people is three and a half hours. No, I'm kidding. It's, uh, it's 12. So you've just oh! stolen it. I feel embarrassed because I just mathed myself. I thought for a second that I lost it. I was like, oh, sh- oh wait, no. no I almost want to take a point off you just for how tragic that was. So, I'm stupid. Oh, dear. All told, Paula gets an additional two points. Alex gets an additional five points. Um, which puts him temporarily in the lead with 13 points. If I get three points in the next game, I will be at the end of the game week, as it were, um, ahead once again. But as it stands, Alex is two points ahead. Yeah. I mean, I guess we should only do two rounds, huh? I mean, we could do three if we want. I don't know. I I mean, we could roll it into June. I don't care. Like, it's not going to be Otome, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, let's be real. That's sad. I think well so. into it. Although, if we do do it with the if we the did a third round, round, there is technically time for Paula to turn it round. Yeah, though I feel like maybe at this point it's it's just nice to finish it off <laughs> the next yeah, but... next week. Let, let's see how we feel between this and the the Studio Voyager episode, and then the next time we record it. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, I, I need to decide what I'd like my thing to be. I might need a few more weeks to do that. You don't know. Yeah, you don't. Oh, so you're gonna win, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must win. <laughs> uh, well, we'll find out. So it's thirteen, eleven, five right now. Uh, we're getting there, though. We're getting there. Oh, that one was close. Yeah, I got real nervous. <laughs> I was like, I saw the edit, and I already knew what Paula's was, and I was like, Do I allow this? Yeah. Well, I, I just have feel the like the here. fact that we can't see it. I think that's probably what's okay about it. Um, if we could, if we could each see it, that would be a little worse. But I don't know what yes. Paul is doing. I was like, I don't know. Um, anyway, that's it for this week. Um, we're getting real freaking close with this one. Um, tune in next week for a very special episode um, with Aaron and Vicente. So, oh wait, did I just say his name correctly? Oh, please tell me I said it correctly. Hey, you. Yes. You do. <laughs> nice. Um, I'll just never live down calling you Paula. For so long now it feels really weird yeah. to say it like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and bless you it took you like three weeks to be like oh actually it's paula no we'll fix this 
Or it's like, it's our fault. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for tuning in, folks. See you next week. Peace.